Hey guys, welcome back to the Miss Independent podcast where we teach women to be more confident investors, entrepreneurs, and go further in their careers. My name is Nika and I'm here with Katie and we're so excited to jump into this episode to talk about all things entrepreneurship, side hustles, and how to actually make money instead of saving because you're not going to save yourself to wealth. Welcome back, guys. Something Nika and I love to preach on the podcast is the importance of having multiple streams of income. This is especially important for those of you who don't want to decrease their expenses. Now, something we're going to get into throughout the episode is the different ways you can create different streams of income. In our previous episodes, we talk a lot about the investing side, whether that be through purchasing stocks, real estate or crypto. So today we're going to focus more on the other side of the coin, which is in creating wealth through entrepreneurship. So let's get into it. When you hear the word entrepreneur, what do you think of? Do you think of someone who has quit their job and has risked it all to try and run a successful business? I personally think that a lot of people associate entrepreneurship with a lot of risk, which is not always the case. The best way to eventually become your own boss is to start a side hustle and build your self-employed income while you still have the safety and security of your day job. So what actually is entrepreneurship? It, the Google definition is, it's the activity of setting up a business or businesses, taking on financial risk in the hope of profit. So there's entrepreneurs everywhere you look right? Like if you're walking down the street and you see a hot dog stand, that guy is an entrepreneur. He's taken on risk. He's bought equipment. He buys inventory. So he is an entrepreneur. You see the bagel shop down the street, an entrepreneur. Every restaurant is run by an entrepreneur. And back in the day, we talked about this with David Greenberg, the term entrepreneurship didn't really exist. Like someone just owned a business. So now I think with the way that social media has really changed the game, entrepreneurship is glamorized. And don't get me wrong. I of all people, I value entrepreneurship incredibly and it's so important. But at the same time, these people work crazy hours sometimes, sometimes 16 hours a day, 18 hours a day, just to drive their vision and bring their vision to life. So I I don't think entrepreneurship should be as sexy as it is in our society because it's just hardworking people trying to build something, trying to create change. Exactly. Building a side hustle or a business to profitability with a limited amount of time outside of your day job, if you have a day job, it takes a shitload of discipline and prioritization. And it's a psychological shift in how you view what's most important to you. Some of the time that could be missing, mean missing like your friend's birthdays or random chills or, you know, a family picnic. You guys get the point. So it's super important to figure out what's important to you before you take the next step to entrepreneurship. 100%. You guys can't see me, but as Katie said that, I'm like sitting here nodding. Uh, yeah, you, you miss things all the time because you're prioritizing whatever goal you have that is super critical and so important to you. So I think we'll talk about your why and how to find that. Danny and Victoria from City Moguls, if you haven't heard that episode, also go back and listen to an incredible episode about entrepreneurship and their story. But they talk about why having a why is so important. And before we get into that, I just want to talk about the importance of entrepreneurship in general, because, you know, we've all wondered why it's so appealing to 
the majority of people that go into entrepreneurship. So why, why is it important to society? Well, entrepreneurs create jobs. In addition to just employing themselves, usually they employ a large number of people and they create job opportunities within their business venture. And as the business grows, more job opportunities are created, thereby reducing unemployment. If you look at what's happening in the world right now, unemployment is just skyrocketed due to like the coronavirus. A lot of people have lost their jobs. There's been a lot of layoffs. There's been, unfortunately, so many industries that have been affected. And so entrepreneurship creates opportunities for people to support their families, to bring money back into the economy, and to help everything just flourish. So entrepreneurs create change. When an entrepreneur makes a product in the hope of solving a problem or if they explore a new idea, it brings a change into their into the world. And their ambitions and their ideas improve the world. Now, not always. Of course, there's a ton of ventures that you look at, like the pet rock, for example. And, you know, you might think they're entirely useless, but, you know, they do bring positivity <laughs> to people. And in general, there are a lot of entrepreneurs that drive positive, incredible positive change to the world. Like look at some of the stuff that Elon Musk is working on, right? We're going to the moon, baby. <laughs> We're going to the moon. And that leads me into the last piece about why entrepreneurship is so important to society is because it gives back to society. And we've talked about this before where, you know, the common notion that what people generally believe is that the rich are greedy, but you know what? That isn't always the case the more money someone is able to make, the more money they're able to pump back into the world and give back to the economy. Partially in taxes, because they do pay a little bit more in taxes, which funds social programs. But entrepreneurs like Bill Gates and you know Jeff Bezos, they are some of the biggest donors to charities and nonprofits. We talked about how Bezos donated $10 billion to solve the homeless problem. Billion with a B. So huge sums of money are being driven into great causes and constantly driving to improve the world forward. So I just want to leave you guys with those thoughts and have you reflect on why entrepreneurship is so critical. Michelle Romano actually posted a little ad for ClearCo. I don't know if you guys have seen, but ClearBank rebranded to ClearCo and she posted a, a reel about, you know, preparing to fight for all of the entrepreneurs that are coming up to battle and, you know, what, what her company represents. And there was this line in the ad that really resonated with me. Like I watched this, you know, maybe three or four times to the point where Alex was like, Nicole, stop. Like this is, this is bothering me. And she talks about how entrepreneurs are change makers and how if, if an entrepreneur doesn't do it, it's not going to get done. So if you really think about the impact that entrepreneurs or business people have had on the world, it's substantial and our world would not be the same without them. So just want to take a moment of gratitude and thanks give thanks to all of the entrepreneurs that have come before us thank you <laughs> if you yeah if you think about it every single business out there started with an entrepreneur and then the bigger they got the more they scaled they became you know corporate and stuff but everyone started out as a small business so let that provide you with the motivation to just get up and get started because everyone starts small and you know and then they grow and blossom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Katie, even like, think about where we were six months ago, right? In August, more than six months ago, almost a year ago now. But in, in August, I was sitting on my couch. You were at home. I gave you a call. I was like, hey, let's start a podcast. 
took a lot of planning, you know, took a lot of work in the back end that you guys don't see for every episode that we put out. That's an hour long, maybe three hours of research and work goes into that just for the episode. And then if you look at the content that we produce, our website, some of the, the stuff that we send out, all of that takes time and we're passionate about it. Like we do it because we want to give back because we want to educate and inspire the next generation of female leaders. And that's our why, right? And and that is our why exactly. But it does take time. So I just want to say like, oh, you know, eight months ago, Katie and I didn't have this platform and not that we've built this crazy platform with a huge reach, but our hopes are that at least some of you guys have listened to some of the things that we've put out and it's changed your life in some way, or it's inspired you to take action, to invest, to, to go into real estate, to go into entrepreneurship, whatever facet of life you've decided to apply the knowledge to, we hope that it has impacted you in some way. But what I just want to say, KK, is that, you know, we've got 25 episodes down. This is our 25th episode. Oh, my God. Should have popped some bottles for this episode. No, we'll do that for 100. Yeah. Um, it's also 8 a.m. when we're recording this, guys. Yeah, so no, I don't no, care. No bottles will be <laughs> 5 p.m. somewhere. Um, yeah, so that kind of goes into what I was saying before, like the shitload of discipline. Like Nika and I both have other jobs you know, Nika runs her own business on the side and she has a nine to five. I have a nine to five. I do a lot of other things with my spare time too. And on top of that, we're both very social people. We're big family people. And a lot of the time we have to sacrifice going to certain things or spending time with our loved ones to put time into creating this content for you guys. So just keep that in mind. And I would say one last piece of advice just from like what I've learned with Nika is there's never going to be a right time to start. There's never going to be a point where you feel like I'm ready. So once you have a great idea, or if you're really passionate about something, just jump in and jump in with two feet and wholeheartedly. And, you know, you're going to make some mistakes and your content might not be the best. Your product might not be the best the first time around, but you learn and you just become better and better. And hopefully from that, it's going to grow into something beautiful. So. A hundred percent. I remember the first episode that we recorded, we probably re-recorded it like three times. We've added pieces to it. We were so afraid of launching to the point where, <laughs> you know, like when it was coming up to the date that we had set, we were like, are we ready to do this? I think I listened to the episode five times and I was like, okay, you know what? I'm happy with it. Let's just do it. If we don't do it, we're never going to do it. Yeah. And I love to chat. Like I can talk to Nika all day, all day long. But as soon as you put a mic in front of me, especially for the first time, I'm like, mm, what is this? I, I cannot speak in front of a mic. Exactly. Yeah. And just listening to your own voice afterwards, the first couple of times. Cringe. So cringe. Now I can like, I don't care because you when you edit, you listen to yourself talk all the time. So it's it's fine. I'm used to hearing myself. Um but it's crazy. Like I listened to that first episode now and, you know, 25 episodes down the line, the, the podcasts have improved substantially. You know, the way that we deliver information, these are all skills that we've developed over time. Scroll back to our first Instagram posts and look at them now. Like there is a substantial change, right? You, you become marginally better at what you do every day, but it's so important to just start. And what Katie said, like when you jump in with both feet, you are not going to be perfect the first time around. You can strive for perfection as much as you want, but perfect is the enemy of good. Don't let it be. Wow. Strive, strive for good. Yeah. Just do your best. I know a lot of people say that all the time. Like when you go in for a test and grade school, your parents are like, just do your best, honey. But honestly, if that's 
if you do your best at the end of the day, no matter what the result is, if you know you couldn't have done anything more, then you can live with it. So exactly. Okay. So we talked about a little bit about what entrepreneurship is, the effects entrepreneurship has on society and on the on the world as a whole. Let's talk about the different types of entrepreneurs. So there's a few that we'll get into, but the first one that I want to kind of talk about is solo entrepreneurs or people who run solo enterprises and they're called sole proprietors back in the day. I don't know if you've ever taken a business class or you've learned about the different types of entrepreneurship, but we're going to talk about some of them. Sole proprietors or solo operators are basically people who work alone. And if they employ people, it's usually a few, but in the beginning, they're starting out on their own. And a lot of entrepreneurs are solo entrepreneurs. Personally, I don't like this model because you can't do everything alone. You can't be an expert in everything. And, you know, I have friends that are solo entrepreneurs and they're, they're looking at all facets of their business, whether it be accounting and the finance aspect and the creativity and the business, I mean, the, the marketing, the packaging, you can't look at all of those different things and give equal attention to them and be equally as good in all of those segments. So that's why I, whenever I go into a venture, I always look for partners. And that's the second type of entrepreneurship, active partnerships, where the people that start the business, usually there's a few of them and they carry on the enterprise as a joint venture. With uh, with the business that I run, I have two other partners. One of them is my boyfriend, Alex, who you know, you've talked about before, you guys all know Al. And the third partner, I may have mentioned this before, but uh, I met him in the elevator of my building three, three and a half years ago now, which is kind of crazy to think about. And I opened the elevator. He's coming in. He's literally like his door used to be across the hall. He, was, he moved maybe a half a year ago now, which was a really sad day, but I'm moving to now and it's kind of an end of an era. So I don't want to, I don't want to think about it, but it was, it was a really great day. I come into the elevator. He has headphones in, he's wearing shorts and it's minus 18 and clearly doesn't want to talk to me. And I'm like, buddy, it's negative 18. It's February. Where, where are you going? And he's like, Oh, I'm going to a spin class. I'm like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Um, okay. Well we live on the same floor. I'm Nicole, whatever. We got to know each other a little bit. He ended up taking Alex's number down and we became best friends. So he actually referred me to my job at Indeed, which is kind of crazy. And he's just helped me out throughout life so much. So these small interactions, just meeting somebody in an elevator, you never know how important that person is going to be in your life and where they're going to take you. So it's always important to be nice to people. And just remember that relationships can be found in any place. But the last thing that I want to talk about with active partnerships is to find people that have complementary skill sets to yours. So if you look at my relationship with Katie's, right? Katie and I are, are different people in the sense that we have different skills. So I am a creative. I like to, you know, think creatively. I like to drive the business forward in that lens. Katie is a quant and loves to do analysis. And that's why whenever you look at our stock picks or a stock um, analysis of the day, Katie is the one that does all of that legwork, all of the analysis in the back end, all of the ratios, the calculations. So she puts a lot of time and energy into that. And I, I could theoretically do it. I mean, I have that skill set. I learned it in business school, not to the same degree that Katie does, because it's what she does day in and day out. But it would take me a lot of effort to learn and apply myself in that way. Whereas for Katie, it comes naturally. And some of the more creative side, Katie's like, Nicole, help me with this. How do I, where do I put the box? How does this visually look appealing? You know? So that's what, 
Nicole, do the TikToks. <laughs> That's why it's so important to find partners that have complementary skills. And my take on this is that you can't do everything on your own. Find partners who will have equal skin in the game with you who can help you drive the business forward. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And, you know, it's better to always go through things with someone, right? Like if you're having a bad day, if the business isn't doing well, if you know, it, it's good to share your lows and especially share your highs. So partnership, at least to me and Tanika is very important. I want to chat about inventors too, because this is another facet of entrepreneurship where people create and innovate new products and their interest lies in the actual research and the innovation and the R&D piece. And this is super valuable because it creates change in an industry that hasn't existed before. But that doesn't mean that all kinds of entrepreneurs or all people that are entrepreneurs need to be inventors. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can bring something to a new market. You can connect ideas together. You don't necessarily need to be an inventor in that traditional sense where you're thinking about like creating a brand new product. Okay. Because if you think about the world that we live in, a lot of things have already been created. There's only so many marginal ways that you can improve people's life. I think through software, if you're starting a SaaS business or software as a service, there are a lot of ways that you can invent a, an innovative software product. But in the traditional sense, if you're thinking about, you know, what kind of product you can invent, there are, there are limited opportunities in my eyes. And so I'll just leave you with a final thought on, on inventors is that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. A lot of the successful businesses that I've started, I haven't reinvented the wheel. I've taken something that works and I've added more value to it, or I've layered in additional concepts. Yeah. And then we have the challengers and these are the entrepreneurs who plunge into industry because of the challenges it presents. And then when one challenge seems to be met, they begin to look for new challenges. So these are like the Elon Musk's of the world, always looking to help society and make the world a better place and go to the moon eventually. And then we have the buyers. These are the type of entrepreneurs who don't like to take on a lot of risk. So in order to reduce risk, um, they end up buying an existing business. So for example, I have a neighbor who, you know, always wanted to own his own restaurant, but was scared about the startup and if it would be successful. So he found a restaurant he liked. And after, you know, bugging the owner for a number of years, he ended up buying that business and buying that restaurant, taking it over and making it his own. Buying a business is a great way to get into the industry, especially if you have some sort of background in it or what we talked about with David is that you can be an entrepreneur in a company. If you work your way up in an organization, you're, you're getting exposure to profit and loss. You're getting exposure to budgeting, to accounting, to marketing, working with cross, like cross-functional teams. So you're getting a lot of exposure in the business, and then you can apply that skill set to your own company. I have a few friends that have bought businesses and, and taken them over. There are websites where you can buy and sell businesses. You can buy a business for as low as $20,000. If you're buying a Shopify store, I've seen, I think 20,000 is the lowest that I've seen a business sold for. There are some businesses that I've seen for sale at like 300,000. So there are opportunities out there to buy existing businesses and add value to those, to scale them, to bring the business forward. A lot of the times someone might be selling a business because they've decided to pursue a different venture. Entrepreneurs 
um, there's a concept of serial entrepreneurs, and this is a problem that uh, myself and my founders have as well, is that we have an idea and you constantly have ideas and you want to pursue them, but you have so many things on your plate. So what do you put down in order to pick up something new? So a lot of the times if somebody starts a venture and it doesn't really take off, you know that it, it could, you just need to invest a little bit more into it. They sell it and hopefully somebody else picks it up and invests that little bit more into it. There's a couple of different strategies that large businesses have built around buying businesses. And the first one you might have heard of, but it's private equity, where it's a company that invests capital into a company that isn't publicly traded or listed, where a great example of this is Dental Corp. So Dental Corp is a conglomerate of dental practices. So this private equity company just started buying out dental practices, grouped them together into one big Dental Corp and standardized practices and expectations across the entire um, breadth of dental offices. And the other kind is venture capital, which is where funding is given to startups or young businesses that show potential to long-term growth. So people are investing directly into startups, not, not directly buying them. They might own equity in the business, but they're not directly buying the entire company. So I actually, like I mentioned, I had some friends that have bought existing businesses and a great example of this, one of my friends bought a cleaning business that was around for 30 years as a traditional um, brick and mortar cleaning business. He's also, he's bought in a couple of different businesses. Now he works on an incredible startup that is scaling substantially. So hats off to him. He's doing great things, but this cleaning business, he took over and, you know, they, I think he bought it for like 200,000. It's paid itself off within a year. And he was able to go out and add value by bringing out proposals and signing big companies like WeWork, bigger offices. So right now that model isn't necessarily as profitable, but right before the pandemic hit, his business was booming. We'll link some of these websites to buy businesses in the show notes. In the show notes. (laughs) Sorry, I guess I was about to sneeze. And the last type of entrepreneur are the lifetimers. So these are the entrepreneurs that take business as an integral part to their life. So usually these businesses are passed down from generation to generation in their family. So these are the restaurants, the cleaning businesses, like Nika mentioned. These are, you know, like Longos. It's a family run or Sobeys, a family run business that's just passed down from generation to generation. So let's get into the different kinds of businesses that you can start because starting a grocery store like Longos is a really tough market to get into. Um, (laughs) Hats off to Ritu for doing it though. Ritu, who we've had on some clubhouse chats and we've connected with just through the whole community, actually started a grocery store recently and she's 22, which is incredible. Maybe we'll have her on at some point to tell her story, but um, let us know if you guys like those segments that we do when we interview people because it takes a lot of time to find guests. Katie and I go through a lot back and forth to actually plan them and, and take time to you know set up those sessions. So if you guys find value in it, just shoot us a DM. Let us know if you have guest ideas for us to bring on and, and we'll definitely try to do that. But let's talk about businesses that you can launch and side hustles, let's say, that you can start in order to build multiple income streams, which is what we're here to do. The first one that I want to go into is something that's been really popular over the past couple of years, especially with TikTok taking off. It was popular with YouTube. I've had a lot of friends that have started dropshipping businesses as well, but let's talk about dropshipping. So 
a lot of people have been saying for the past few years that the drop shipping model is dead. And I personally, having tried it, agree. And the reason why is consumers right now are so spoiled. They want products to ship really quickly. Amazon has spoiled us. Okay. We expect two day shipping. And I see that for my business. Like we have standard shipping, you know, DHL, UPS. And when a customer doesn't receive their package or they pay for express shipping and they don't receive their package, we get a lot of customer service inquiries. So people expect their packages quickly. And let me just backtrack a bit because I realized I didn't explain what drop shipping is. Drop shipping is a business model where a product is being ordered on demand from China or from a country where it's cheap to manufacture it, and then they ship it via e-packet. An e-packet is a type of shipping model shipped by air, and it flies, um, usually takes about three weeks for the package end-to-end for the customer to receive it. And they say 10 business days, so I say three weeks. So how a dropshipping business works is somebody has a Shopify store or a website online. It looks really sexy and clean. And they will run different types of advertising. So like targeted ads via Facebook, via Google, Instagram, in order to reach customers. They have somebody purchase the product. And then once the product is purchased, they have no inventory on hand. So they go in and they buy the product from a Chinese manufacturer directly once that order is made and then ship the product. So there's there's no real risk because you don't own any of the inventory. And that's a big problem that entrepreneurs have especially with inventory um, driven businesses is that inventory planning is a big challenge. How do you know how much inventory to buy? How do you know when you're going to sell it by? And that's something that we go through in our business all the time. A lot of the times we'll introduce a new product. Sometimes we have it sit on our warehouse shelves for a while. We don't know if we're going to sell it or not initially. So we have to come up with creative ways to actually get rid of it. And then we decide if we're going to reorder. So one benefit of drop shipping is that you don't own any inventory, but the risk with drop shipping is one, customer, customers don't want to wait three weeks to get the product. And two, in order to actually drive that conversion or make that sale, you're spending a substantial amount on advertising in order to have that conversion. And the advertising cost, if you're running Facebook ads, you need to be really strategic about this because that advertising cost can sometimes eat away at your profit margin. And so if I was to look at this list, starting a drop shipping business, very easy to do. You just need to learn how to start a website. You need to find a supplier. And I would even transition this and say, if you, if you found a product that you think is going to sell, bring in a couple units, just keep them around your house. Let's say 10 to start and see if you can sell them. And if, and if you get orders, ship them out from your house. Yes, shipping is going to be more expensive, but at least people aren't going to be leaving you negative reviews. I've actually had a Facebook store be shut down because of of delayed shipping times. So Facebook just entirely shut down the business. They're like, your customer service score is too low. You're not going to be around anymore. And so that was fun to deal with. I'll let Katie get into the different types of uh, other business ventures that you can start. Yeah. And just to add on to that, it's super hard to find, you know, cheap suppliers in China that will work within your time frame of like turnaround of like a week or less because it's coming all the way from out there. And because they probably have back orders of stuff. And what a lot of people do on um, what a lot of people do when they drop ship is, you know, they order stuff from websites like Alibaba where things are dirt cheap. And we all know how long Alibaba takes 
And then I'm one of those snobs, you know, who order something and who has been so privileged and blessed by Amazon, I get pissed. So I can really relate to that. Like, for example, I ordered an espresso a week ago and it hasn't come yet. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, I'm ready to like email Bed Bath and Beyond and like complain and be like, where's my Nespresso? So I totally get that. Um, yeah. So the next, and I would say probably one of the most profitable types of side hustles is to begin freelancing. So for those of you who don't know what freelancing is, it's a freelancer is a self-employed person who just offers their services, um, often working for several companies or um, on several websites and just offering their uh, services to multiple people at one time. So a great example of this is, you know, people who go and offer their services on Fiverr. So you can offer any type of service, whether that be helping people, you know, with their resumes, teaching people French lessons online, doing some digital art content work for people. There's so many things you can freelance. And if you have a skill, which I'm sure a lot of people here do, or if you are good at something, maybe freelancing is the way to go. And you can make a ton of money from that. I know like one of my friends who's doing some freelancing business on Fiverr is making four grand USD a month, which is just crazy on top of, on top of, yeah, the, their day job. There are some great websites to start freelancing. Upwork and Fiverr are ones that I've personally hired freelancers on and I'll, I'll bring them on to do contract work, usually to do more like technical uh, things within the business. So if you have a technical skill, definitely go on to one of these websites. Like I said, Upwork or Fiverr are great places to start and see what people are offering. Look at the hourly rate that they're charging and then think about how you can position your offering and what experience you have. But freelancing is an awesome way to build a side income. Affiliate marketing is another great way to build a side income. That's where you reach out to brands. If you have a large audience, or if you're passionate about something like one of my coworkers loves air fryers and we keep telling him to go to Amazon, create an Amazon affiliate store, which is a platform that Amazon offers. And Amazon will actually pay you for every order that you drive. So if you have an audience, it doesn't even need to be a substantial audience, just an engaged audience on any platform. You can send them your Amazon links to purchase, and then you get paid for every purchase that they make. And Amazon is just one example of this. Most businesses nowadays have affiliate programs. We run one for my business. We reach out to influencers and pay them a commission for every order that they that they drive. So it's a great way to have other people drive sales for you or for you to drive sales for another business and get paid for it. Another great side hustle to start, and we're not biased at all or anything, is to start a YouTube or a podcast or a blog. If you have something to say or if you want to change the world or help people, just like Nika and I want to help people become more financially independent, specifically women, having a platform such as a YouTube channel or a podcast is a great way to start and to do that. And something I also wanted to add is, you know, Side hustles don't always, I know we're talking about building your income, but it doesn't have to always start off as income producing. So if you have a vision for it and you have a vision of where you want to take your side hustle, let's say in two years and three years and four years, and you work towards that, that's okay too. A hundred percent, Katie. 
on the topic of blogging, uh, sorry, on the topic of YouTubing and podcasting, another great way that people make money is through blogs. So, you know, back in like 2006, 2007, this was super popular and people were, you know, starting blogging, creating websites, driving traffic. And what people don't realize is that Google will actually pay you to advertise on your blog if you get enough traffic on your page. So it's a great way to get some advertising revenue. And outside of that, if you do have a blog, you can link your affiliate links in there. There are, there are other ways to layer in income streams. But blogging is a great way to make some money, especially if you're passionate about something. Um, with Victoria and uh, and Danny, we talked about the plant influencer that I um, was in contact with who started a blog about succulent plants and now has monetized it into a multiple six-figure business. <laughs> just, just writing about plants. So you can literally do... You, you can take something that you're passionate about and as long as that passion is coming through and you're creating value for people, there's a way to monetize it. And listen, even if you think your passion is like weird or quirky, I'm telling you, there's a lot of like-minded, weird and quirky people out there who are going to love it. So don't worry about that. Um, I think the last side hustle we're going to get into today is starting Instagram businesses. I've seen a lot of people, actually one of Nika's friends and a couple of mine, but one of Nika's friends started a tie-dye clothing business in the midst of the pandemic. And they have scales and have become so big. And I'm sure I'm making a ton of money from just, you know, advertising something they love to do, which is like create clothes, create nice clothes, tie-dyed clothes. I have a few friends of my own who've started like chocolate dipped strawberry businesses or baking businesses or charcuterie board businesses. And they've also done really, really well. So if you have a skill like baking, or if you love to do something, maybe starting a small Instagram business is also the way to go, especially during this time where everyone's on their phones. Instagram is still a hot app that everyone loves to use. So that's something else you should maybe consider. A hundred percent. If you have something that you create that other people find value in, you know, if it's like art or, or something that you've done and you have it around your house and people are always like, oh, what's that? And you're like, I made it, sell it. You don't have to monetize on it, but if you want to, if you want to earn a little bit more income, then do it. And I think that's where we'll wrap it up, guys. We've talked about a lot in this episode, what entrepreneurship is, different types of entrepreneurship, different ways you can make money, most importantly. And we'll do more episodes on entrepreneurship because it's something that I'm really passionate about. It's something that I really value. And I think if anyone's going to change the world, it's going to be entrepreneurs and it's going to be you guys. So thanks so much for listening, guys. We have some really, really incredible guests lined up for the next few. We're sorry we've been a little MIA and, and, t- and took a, a week off. You know, like Katie said, we both have full-time jobs. I'm renoing. um, a new place right now that rental project is taking up a lot of my time and then there's also the business and I've just taken on a new team to manage so it's a lot going on in both of our lives Katie's working yeah. crazy hours Katie said nine to five Katie does not work nine to five Katie no. works <laughs> nine to two a.m on a yeah. good day and sometimes just life happens you guys right so just please if we're not posting every week please excuse us we really try to get content out if we're not posting a podcast we you better bet we're on Instagram and we're going to try and provide you with as much educational content as possible. So we thank you, our lovely listeners for staying with us and we will see you next time. Bye. Thanks so much guys. Have a great week.